God help us all, the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast is about to begin. A Medicare tearjerker if there ever was one. Kicking butt but not taking names, Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the next episode, as opposed to the last episode. Welcome to the the current episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man. We are here to help you feel confident about your encounter with Medicare, whenever that encounter might be. might be years from now. It might be overdue. You might uh, have worked well beyond your 65th birthday, and you haven't needed Medicare, and you might be contemplating retirement, leaving your company health insurance plan, enrolling in Medicare, and going forward with the rest of your life. Well, that's what I'm here for, to help you confidently approach Medicare, deal with Medicare, and come out victorious every time. And the way that you can do that is to purchase my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023 is the current edition. And uh, what you can find in that book is the information that you need to become a Medicare expert. It's not the detailed minutiae that drives people insane. It is the big picture items that will allow you to avoid trouble and make the most of your Medicare encounter. So if you were to go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com and purchase a copy of my book, you would find it to be very beautifully priced. You would find it to be moderately full of Medicare information, and you would find it to be a very rewarding reading experience. You can actually read the book in a paperback or a magnificent hardcover edition. You can read it in a Kindle uh, e-book version, and you can listen to me read it in a uh, an Audible book version. So go to barnesandnoble.com or go to amazon.com and search for Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and you will have Medicare expertise at your fingertips. Speaking of fingertips, I am looking at Randy Carson, who is uh, using his fingertips to swill coffee. So if you could put it down, Randy, and join me, that would be ideal. I will. I will. I just put it down because, <clears throat> you know, it's such a nice day. I know I'm really going to irritate some people on the podcast, but I was so happy. I got up this morning and it's 66 degrees heading for 75 today. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Isn't that wonderful? After we had a cold snap that lasted a week or two. I know. Cold. No. Let's really be honest, Doug. Cold snaps for Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little different. Little different. Yeah. What they did was they had a, a warning that, you know, caused my phone alarm to go off. And when I read the warning, it was freeze possibility tonight. Uh, you should cover up your plants, your delicate plants. And so yeah. I, I covered up. I asked Mary to cover up a couple of things. Uh, we have bougainvillea. And uh, also, I covered our exterior plumbing where the water comes into the house. I've got all kinds of valves and stuff, and I covered that up just in case it got colder than uh, that plumbing could tolerate. Yeah, but our, that's exactly what you want to wake up to is your plumbing on the outside of your house cracked. Yeah, and all you have to do uh, to cover it up is throw a towel over it, and that keeps yeah. it warm enough that you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, uh, anything, anything, yeah. 
so we had guests coming to visit us from uh from illinois and uh they had a huge snowstorm and then after a snowstorm it always turns cold because the storm travels in a circular motion and the uh, back end of the storm draws arctic air down into uh the place where it snowed. So they had a foot of snow in Illinois near Chicago, and then it tra- the storm pa- track pulled Arctic air down into that area, and it got super-duper cold. So mon- uh, Sunday morning, they went to the, the uh, airport, O'Hare International Airport, got on their plane, and then watched for what seemed like hours as fuel truck after fuel truck failed to start and the plane didn't have enough fuel on board to make it off the ground, much less to Arizona. And so they finally found a fuel truck that would actually, they could get it started in the sub-zero uh, cold weather. And and uh, they fueled up the plane. These people were afraid they were going to be told to get off the plane and go back home. So they find themselves now at a, a an Airbnb very close to you, very oh. close, close to the very close to the corner of Lone Mountain and um, Cape Creek Road. Really? Well, that's yep. cool. It'll be a lot warmer here for them. Yes. Uh, well, we've told them, hey, uh, you've come to the right place because you arrived on the coldest of our winter days, and it's only going to get better and better. Yeah, and they're out in the pool right now, right? Mm. I think they're traveling around looking for uh, exciting Arizona sites to see. Speaking of exciting Arizona sites, one of my neighbors is coming over here because I texted and said I had a delivery. And I'm going to have to interrupt this podcast recording. So mark this so you can remove this part of it. If we just be really quiet, it'll edit it out automatically because it'll be quiet. Nope. I don't have to leave because my neighbor is now walking away. He saw that the, I texted that there was a delivery here. What he wanted to do is get a pair of Ottomans that are leather covered, really nice. They have a tray in them and the company that was going to sell him the Ottomans would only sell him one. They would only sell him one per person, huh? So he texted me and asked me to uh, buy the other one that he needed. He wanted a pair. And so uh, the delivery truck showed up today and I texted them because they didn't know the truck was out there. I said, you have a delivery. And then the guy comes over to my house with this big box. And that's when I realized that I've got the other of their pair of Ottomans here. So I can just, I can envision this now, Doug. You're down in the state penitentiary, and somebody somebody named Bubba asked, what are you in for? Ottomans. Ottoman stealing. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's that, auto theft? No, Ottoman. Uh, uh, no, not auto theft. Ottoman. Yeah. Oh, so anyway, yeah. I got, so if we go really quick, I have got a really great stupid state law, if you're well, interested. Let's, let's do it to it. Let's do it to it. All right. Okay. So this is, I know this is going to be a tough one for people to understand, but. You know, back in 1941, this law was published or passed, whatever you want to call it, and it made it totally illegal for people to bring this into New Jersey. And what was this? 1921, was it? 1941. 41, okay. I'm going to say that would be to bring any German into New Jersey from, let's say, another state. I bet New York was crawling with krauts. And um, they said, we don't need no stinking krauts in New Jersey. So they did not bring them into New Jersey from other states. Well, you were right. You were right on the track. You were, I'm surprised at how, you, how close you get to some of these answers. You were right on the track. But I'm going to have to give you an... Oh, darn it. Ouch. That I'll give you ears. one more guess. 
It um, is a it is a type of person, but it wasn't a German. Well, the only other type of person I can think of that might have been uh, who looked askance upon, askance upon would be another belligerent in World War II, and that would be Italians. Could it have been nope, Italians? No, no, no. I give up. I give up. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to buzz you on that one too. No, it's it was illegal based on an ordinance passed in 1941 to bring a poor person oh, into the oh, okay. into the state or move him from another county. Yeah, to another with to another. So you couldn't even move him from one county to another within New Jersey without the permission of the county welfare board. Well, any person who disobeyed this law was guilty of a misdemeanor of the aforementioned law. Poor person will be returned from whence he came in the manner provided by law. So you couldn't be poor in 1941. Well, this goes to show you that uh, some people are not respecters of the laws of the land because now we have poor people by the millions flowing over the border flowing from one state to another, living hand to mouth and um, performing various, uh, you know, uh, unfortunate illegal acts uh, out in public and uh, certainly um, causing angst. And I don't see why that law isn't more strictly enforced. Well, New Jersey was trying to get out ahead of it, but obviously they've been overcome. You know, the last three or four laws that you and I have discussed have not been stupid at all. That's they're all contained in a publication called stupid laws, I guess, because that's the term yeah. you've been using. Some of these laws, like not allowing the mayor of Oklahoma City to go on strike. I see that some of these laws are actually um, correct in their intent, maybe hard to hard to enforce and maybe yeah. not maybe not uh, politically correct. But I believe that they are probably uh, very um, well needed in our current uh problematic uh you know uh social structure i'm trying to you, i'm trying not to swear randy <laughs> i don't know if you can oh, tell okay well all right you're doing a pretty good job but i'm gonna save you i'm gonna save you right here please because do because i'm i'm going to cause us to go on into the business end of this meeting all right good let's and exercise are, your authority as a we're gonna, as, a, as, as the producer here i'm gonna say let's move on yeah. and leave New Jersey to their own laws devices, their own devices. And I think they're probably, uh, they probably got poor people crawling all over the state of New Jersey now. So, uh, they can wave goodbye to that law. I've got a giant pile of stuff. You know, I've had the content curator on the payroll now for a couple of years, and it seems as though more content gets curated than Randy and I have time to deal with on any given episode. And so I've got a fairly hefty, look at this, Randy, look at this pile of, of content. I've been, now we wonder where all the paper went. Yeah, well, this you wonder why Arizona doesn't have any more deciduous trees. And I think it's because they've been, <laughs> they've been ground up and used for my printer. Mm. I went to the office supplies. I need to. I need to get a ream of paper. And they said, "Sorry, Doug's got them all." Yeah, and I frankly uh, have all the ink too because it's not just the paper. So I'm going to go through some of these older uh, things. This is from. Uh, mm, this is almost two years old. That's about when I hired the content curator, and I've got all kinds of correspondence from clients. So let me see if I can whip through some of this stuff and see if it's interesting or 
listen carefully if we hear the uh, the click of the on-off knobs switching our podcast off. So this is a series of correspondence I had with a client of mine in Texas. He, His wife, he's a client, and his wife is a client. And so I have the uh, paragraphs here marked in the order in which they should be read. This is June of 2022. And I said, hello, Frank. I said, my goal is always to provide an instant response, but it's been my good fortune to be unusually busy lately. So please accept my apologies for any delay. And I, you know, I shouldn't read this. Maybe this is why it's on the pile of, uh, uh, at the bottom of the pile, because the question isn't here. Uh, I went on to say, you are able to have plan F because you turned 65 before 2020 arrived. And Plan F is the most comprehensive Medicare supplement ever devised. Youngsters like your wife must now pay an annual deductible, a Part B deductible, for outpatient medical expenses uh, before Medicare will begin paying their 80% share. The most comprehensive Medicare supplement available to her is Plan G, which will start paying its 20% share after that deductible and two years ago, that deductible was $233. This year, it's $240. Two years later, it's gone up $7 a year. So uh, I often suggest that my healthy clients consider purchasing the most cost-effective plan, high deductible plan G, or as Randy has taught us to call it, high value plan G. Uh, that's at a much more reasonable cost. Most of my clients find this to be an attractive, low-cost alternative because the premium offers substantial savings, but the additional risk is very limited. This year, and, and this is two years ago, the high deductible plan starts paying 100% after the insured has paid $2,490 uh, as a deductible that applies only to the Medicare supplement, not to original Medicare. That means if in an unfortunate year, outpatient medical expenses will have reached something like $13,000, most healthy people consider that to be an unlikely occurrence. However, after several years of pocketing the premium savings, that stash will compensate for the additional outlay that might occur during that unfortunate year of high medical expenses. The actual amount of risk is calculated in this way. Take the monthly premium of the Plan G that you most likely would buy, uh, and then subtract the premium of the high deductible Plan G that is most appealing. In your wife's case, this would be $133 a month minus $39. So the savings would be $94 a month. And uh, that would be $1,130 of savings for the whole year of 2022. I suggest that people mentally set that money aside until an unfortunate year arrives. Medicare will continue to pay their 80% share of the outpatient expenses, but the supplement will not pay its 20% until the insured has paid out that uh, $2,490 uh, $2, deductible. Boy, you sure get tangled up in the numbers here, don't you? That means the actual amount at risk is $2,490 minus your savings or a total of $1,360. Many people think that would be a reasonable amount of money to risk in order to have the very attractive premium of the high deductible plan. 
The other element that makes this a smart deal for the risk tolerant is the fact that as years go by, the premium of the Plan G is likely to climb steadily, while the high deductible plans are going to have smaller and less frequent premium increases. It's a story that appeals to a lot of people who would prefer to save a few bucks against the uncertain future risk of a limited loss. But in answer to your question, which we didn't read, that is the reason I suggest United American High Deductible Plan G. On the other hand, if you and your wife would rather stick with a more comprehensive Plan G, that is what you shall have. And so that was my explanation to him. Um, He said, I very much appreciate your detailed explanation. It makes perfect sense, but we're low-risk folks. So I gave his wife the low-risk Medicare supplement uh, that cost a lot more, the Plan G, and uh, I sold him the high-risk, very inexpensive, high-deductible Plan G. And uh, we went on to converse a little bit more, and he said, Hi, Doug, we're thinking about your recommendation of the high-deductible plan from United American. For now, my wife uh, remains healthy and only sees doctors for a yearly physical and such. My question is, if we choose this high-deductible plan to start her off, uh, can we go to the uh, zero-deductible plan in the future? Is it a yearly option? And, of course, it is not a yearly option. I said to Frank, Frank, that is the reason I caution my readers to select carefully because this plan will likely be the one you keep for the rest of your life. It's possible to switch to a new company or a new plan with the current company anytime the mood strikes, but there is no guarantee issue in the Medicare supplement world. After your wife's initial opportunity, she would have to fill out a medical questionnaire in order to make a change, and the insurance company would have to find that her health represents an acceptable risk. They understand that candidates are older, and have more history than younger people do, so the questionnaires are fairly benign. Even in view of that, and the fact that the amount of risk will almost certainly grow smaller than that $1,300 every year, there is no guarantee that she could purchase a different plan if her health deteriorated. Okay, one pertinent fact is United American, on the second policy anniversary, offers the contractual right to switch to their own Plan G, But don't dwell on this because I think their Plan G rate is about 25% higher than it should be. And uh, other companies would offer a better priced Plan G. And he finally said, thank you, Doug. We'll take all this into account and make a decision let you know. That's the kind of conversation I have with my clients all the time. It's wide-ranging, depends on what the client's interests are. But often I spend a lot of time explaining the... uh, the limited amount of risk that the uh, very inexpensive high deductible plan G represents. Let's see here. Um, question from another client. I don't think she ever actually purchased a product from me, but she said, hi, thank you for your time. I worked for the state of Illinois for the majority of my adult working years. My husband was in the military and is 100% service connected. That means I've had insurance through the state of Illinois and the military. I've always used my state insurance since we live very rurally and have very limited access to VA facilities. I don't know which way is the smartest way for me to go as Medicare is, as far as Medicare is concerned. I will turn 65 at the end of September. And this again was June of 22. My husband is 20 years younger than me and we have been married 15 years. I was thinking of Medicare A, B and high deductible plan G. 
I am truly so confused, and it seems to be next to impossible to get any help with this stuff without someone having their own interests involved. So I thank you for any assistance you can give me. And I said, hi, thanks very much for writing. Are you still actively employed? If so, I would suggest going online and enrolling in Part A any old time now, unless you have an HSA, a health savings account plan, through the state. If you are still working, you have the choice of staying with the health insurance the state offers you for as long as you are actively working, at which time you would want to enroll in Part B of Medicare, Part B as in boy the high deductible plan G, and a prescription drug plan. You'd want to enroll in all three of those. There's no reason to make that change until you decide to retire. On the other hand, if you're going to retire at age 65, or if you don't like the state employee coverage, like maybe it it has an HMO network you aren't happy with, I would suggest that you consider enrolling in parts A and B of Medicare to be effective September 1st. That's a couple of months uh, in the future. I can also help you buy the Medicare supplement, high deductible plan G, and drug plan to start at the same time. So the choice is yours, assuming you want to continue working. Does this help clarify things for you? If not, I will be happy to explain it differently or maybe to have a telephone conversation if you would like. If you would like to see what my recommended Medicare supplement uh, plan would cost, and the prescription drug plan, please complete, scan, and return the two attached questionnaires, and I will show you some options. Please be sure to ask me any other questions or concerns you may have. Well, I don't remember having done business with this woman, but at least I encouraged her to talk to me about her concerns and her questions. Um, Here's another uh, exchange. Um, hmm, Did I? Okay, so... This was a correspondence I had with a woman. Uh, United American has approved. I was telling her that her husband's coverage through United American was approved for October 1st of uh, 2022. And um, here's the policy number. You should be receiving the policy and the ID card in the mail within another week or 10 days. And then I said, I've attached the results of my search on the government website for the least costly drug plan based on his prescription medications, and your preferred pharmacies. This site is not as user-friendly as we would like, so I'm whining about the government site. And she says, wonderful, thank you so much. On the drug plans, would getting a 90-day supply improve the options or cost? Not looking for an answer right now, but for September's reevaluation. And I said I use 30 days when I'm predicting people's uh, drug plan when I'm searching for the cheapest plan, I always use 30 days because if the the government website knows that it's uh, uh, partway through the year, it's only going to project the cost for the rest of the year. And it's a much more accurate projection if it's uh, based on a 30-day purchase. When you get a drug plan, doesn't matter what I have done to identify the cheapest drug plan for you or what you've done for yourself on the government website, it is a... Um, Uh, It is up to you to purchase 30 days or 90 days. It's up to you to go to whatever drugstore you want to purchase your or have your uh, prescriptions filled in or use mail order if you like. You have all the freedom in the world. You don't even have to buy the drugs that I've used for the comparison search. You can only get the drugs you want. You can use a discount card like GoodRx for some drugs and purchase the others through the regular drugstore if you want. The freedom is yours. 
So here we have another set of correspondence, real short little, from a guy named Tim. So he said, hello, I just got through reading your Medicare for the Lazy Man 2021 book. Very good read. Question, I will turn 65 in June of 2022. Still working on uh, at the same company, and very soon I'm to be 46 years of service with very good medical coverage and a very healthy 401k package. It's soon to be time to throw in the hat. I think he means throw in the towel, but not sure just when. Should I register for Medicare now? If so, what parts should I register for? So I said, thanks for writing, Tim. My suggestion is to enroll in Part A of Medicare online to be effective the day that you want to retire. The only reason for this, oh, I said uh, enroll in Part A. The only reason for this is to make your eventual Part B enrollment slightly less of a chore when you choose your departure date. I would be happy to accompany you on this journey, so please keep me appraised of your decision process. So I, I, what I'm basically suggesting is that he pick a retirement date and then tell the government that he wants plan, Part B to start on that date. And I said, by the way, thanks for the kind words about my book. And he said, thanks for reply and suggestion. Though my research with this one big glob of BS, it's what I thought I should do. Thank you. Oh, boy. I spent a lot of time corresponding with people. This is a Randy. Dear Doug, I'm planning on retiring in the next few months, and I'm interested in getting a high deductible plan. I was born in 1954, and I already have Part A and my company's insurance. How much lead time do I need before I start the Part B shopping for supplemental insurance? And I said, thanks for writing, Randy. You may begin the online application process three months before the date you want Medicare Part B to start. This will always be the first of a month. You and I can begin the Medicare supplement application process at the same time, although there is more flexibility to start either earlier or later. When you decide the time is right, just let me know, and I will send you some questionnaires to begin part of our part of the process. Man, who knew I was so chatty? with all of my clients and potential clients. Now, this is someone who says, Hi, Doug. I just finished listening to your audio book and gave it five stars. I wish everybody that read the book and enjoyed it would go back to Amazon and uh, click on five stars. That, if I had a wish, that would be the wish. Tried to submit this via the Medicare for the Lazy Man website, but the upload is not working. It says it cannot initiate. Oh, boy. Well, this was two years ago, so Randy should relax. Sit back down, Randy, please. Uh, don't don't jump up and <laughs> go running to fix the website. It appears to be working fine now. She goes on to say, my husband and I are 64 and will be eligible to enroll in Medicare in a few months for him and next year for me. We don't have any major health concerns and would probably choose the high-deductible Medicare supplement plans. We live in Jacksonville, Florida. I have a friend who is in a different situation and would like your opinion for her. She is 70 and has not enrolled in a Medicare supplement plan, but she does have Part B. She has always been very healthy. Recently, she was diagnosed, oh, with multiple myeloma, which was detected very early and is now in remission. She was advised that she should harvest her cells now in case the cancer ever comes back. The provider who would do the harvesting says they will not do this unless she has a Medicare supplement plan. Do you have any recommendations on plans or carriers? My assumption is that she will be questioned about her health history and possibly refused coverage or charged a higher premium. 
My friend lives in Southern Florida. Thank you very much for your help. Oh, this is about one of my favorite clients. And I did not realize that this correspondence was buried in the, um, buried in this uh, giant pile that the content curator has curated for me. So that story is very interesting. That woman is a, uh, uh, you know, highly educated, well-spoken person who, who is uh, 73 now, I believe. And she was uh, diagnosed with multiple myeloma, but it is in remission. She is asymptomatic. But the doctor who suggested that she uh, bank her stem cells against any future outbreak of the multiple myeloma refused to do it because she only had original Medicare she did not have a Medicare supplement. She says that nobody ever told her that a Medicare supplement was an essential part of her financial planning. And she certainly didn't want to pay, you know, maybe $200 a month out of her pocket for nothing, for something that wasn't necessary. So she never got a Medicare supplement. Well, now she can't get the medical treatment that she would like without a Medicare supplement. So the ending of this story, I don't have it attached here, but I, I know from memory, what I did was I allowed her to get on the only Medicare Advantage plan that I don't hate, and that was a Medicare MSA. She and I had to wait until the end of 2022 so that she could roll in the Medicare MSA plan, which had free premium. There was no premium cost, and it provided her with a fairly high deductible, but it also would cover 100% of everything after that deductible. The deductible worked out to be $3,000 a year. So she'd have to pay the first $3,000 if she needed medical treatment, and then the plan would pay 100% thereafter. Well, she was on that plan for all of 2023, and then at the end of 2023, it was announced that the plan was going to be withdrawn from the marketplace. And so they took her plan away. Well, the federal government says, if you lose your insurance and it's not your fault, if your insurance company goes broke or can't pay its claims, or if it's withdrawn voluntarily from the market as her Medicare Advantage plan was, then you have the right to get another plan of your choice without regard to your health history. And so what we did at the very beginning of this year was put her into a high deductible Medicare supplement plan because she's still healthy as a horse and she's a very delightful woman. She's in good spirits all the time. And what did she do right before she uh, uh, purchased uh, the uh, plan that I recommended for her? She broke her hip. So uh, under her Medicare Advantage plan, which doesn't exist anymore, she was had hospitalization and rehabilitation, and she uh, was covered fully for that. And now she has Medicare, original Medicare, plus a Medicare supplement, and uh, she will not be refused treatment from any doctors. Ironically, she has a brother who also never bought a Medicare supplement. All he had was original Medicare parts A and B, no supplement to fill in the flaws and gaps in Medicare. And he had cancer, some kind of a tumor, internal cancer. I don't know exactly what it was. I've spoken to him a few times, and he said, I would like to get Medicare supplement. And I said, well, no Medicare supplement insurance company is going to issue you a policy unless you live in one of the states where guaranteed issue is a law. And I said, if you want to move to someplace like New York, uh, that is uh, going to solve your problem. And he said, I can't find a doctor who will treat me uh, because I don't have 
Medicare supplement. And if I had Medicare supplement, I would be able to find any number of doctors that would be willing to treat me. So I told him what the Medicare supplement in New York would cost. He hasn't yet told me that he's going to move to New York, but it is an option for him. If he goes to New York, he will not have to face medical underwriting with his history of cancer. And therefore, uh, he would be able to get the coverage that would allow any doctor to feel comfortable charging or uh, treating him. So I see, Randy, the, the old clock on the wall says that we've run out of time again. And it, uh, the stack hasn't actually shrunk that much. I've been jawjacking for probably a half an hour, and uh, I don't think I've made any progress. So come back. <laughs> Let's come back and do it again, shall we? Absolutely. So as Doug has just very, very carefully indicated, we are out of time. We have spent our 75 cents worth of airtime. But before we sign off, there's always a few things that I have to take care of. One is to let you know how to reach out to Doug, and it's an email address. Grab your pencil. It's dbj at mlmmailbag.com. Don't forget, Doug is licensed nationwide to help you with your Medicare supplement planning. Check us out at the website, medicareforthelazyman.com. And I've got a special request. You may or may not know, but January is Doug's birthday month. Oh, Pashaw. Oh, I want ca- you to cash is go- preferred. Oh. Cash. Sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I was thinking along the lines of everybody grabbing their pencil and putting a review in for you. Okay. Anything that, would that be you a can wonderful present. Yeah, put a review in on the website, on the book on the podcast, any of the content that Doug produces, put a review in because it's always good. Numbers are good. In our world, numbers are everything. Last but certainly not least, thank you for joining us. You could have been a number of different places doing a number of different things, and you weren't. You were here, and that's exactly where we want you. But if you haven't been watching your wristwatch, you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma originally. No more. He's living up in the high ground behind Cave Creek, Arizona. And again, I'm taking it easy on Doug, you know, in terms of placing his altitude, because I know, I know that he's not used to the high air yet. So I'm going to put him in at 6,600 feet in his, in his fortress of solitude. I can live with that and I'm happy to be there. So thank you so much. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us, and we will look forward to seeing you again in our next episode. Bye-bye.